Okay. Welcome to the Sunday show of Progressive News Network, otherwise known as PNN. I'm Janine Moloff, producer and host. Well, we've got kind of an interesting show tonight. Um, It's the week before Christmas. This is the last Sunday before Christmas, Friday's Christmas Eve, and Saturday's Christmas Day. Uh, So I thought it would be appropriate to give kind of a grinchy shout-out to certain politicians that have put their own ambition above the actual well-being and safety of the constituents they're supposed to serve, especially uh, well, throughout the entire nation, especially here in Missouri. And I'm talking about not only our moronic GOP Trumper governor, Mike Parson, but our equally corrupt, in my opinion, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, who, by the way, is running for, he, he wants to be the GOP candidate to fill the U.S. Senate seat being vacated by Republican Roy Blunt. And so Eric Schmidt is pulling out all the stops, including, in my opinion, sacrificing our school children to, admit, to meet his political ambitions. So this Sunday before Christmas, I want to discuss this very, and I'm being very sarcastic now, this very special present, again, extreme sarcasm here in case I'm being too obtuse, Missouri Attorney General and U.S. Senate candidate Eric Schmidt is giving to the children of the state and their families, namely the, quote, liberty, end quote, to either contract COVID-19 or, and or to carry it to their families. In, and it says in the advert, in the finest tradition of giving, Eric Schmidt and his GOP collaborators just keep fighting to spread COVID cheer to every corner of the show me state. Well, I know that's kind of over the top, but it is what it is. And they're being assisted by a Trump-appointed circuit judge, Daniel Green. And Judge Green assisted Eric Schmidt, you know, in terms of taking away any power from public health officials so that they would have the liberty to spread COVID to all good kitties without those pesky mitigation strategies such as, you know, masking in public, vaccinating, and yes, quarantine when medically needed, including when your child's been exposed to someone who has COVID. All right, this, you know, this has, all those mitigation strategies have been basically tossed out by GOP Judge, Circuit Judge Daniel Green, and it was at the behest of Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt because he's the one that filed this lawsuit. So keep in mind, all the sarcasm aside, we have a circuit judge who's a Republican and a Missouri attorney general who's also a Republican. They have attacked the duty and responsibility and power of public health departments and school boards to a level not seen since the dark ages. So this show will discuss the issue here in Missouri and how these rulings could endanger everyone. Keep in mind, this nation has crossed the 800,000 death mark since COVID began slightly under two years ago. We have lost 800,000 American lives, period. And the callous indifference of anti-maskers and, yes, anti-vaxxers, 
as far as I'm concerned, knows no bounds. All right. The fact is we now have people on social media saying that, quote, they're not anti-vax, anti-vaccine or anti-mask. Think it should be a matter of personal choice. Well, you know, as I said before on the show, and hopefully my voice will hold up, it's, you know, asthma time, but as I said before many times on the show, if this were, say, a blood-borne communicable disease like HIV, you have the choice to not have unprotected sex. You just do. However, none of us have the choice to not breathe. Once that baby was proven airborne, that was it. Like, no, it's not a matter of personal choice whether or not you decide that you want to mask or not mask in public. No, it's not a matter of, of personal choice to decide if, whether or not you're going to vaccinate. If you're not going to vaccinate, fine. We can't force you exactly, but then you don't have a right to be in the public sphere. And the problem with these conservatives, with these anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers, is that they want to do what they want to do, but with no consequences. They don't want to be held responsible for anything. So, no, I, I hate to say this, but kind of like with the, um, oh, the Grinch Folk Christmas theme, um, you know, no, no little who child. The fact is you do not have a right to decide whether or not you're going to mask or vaccinate in public because if you decide not to mask when you're in public and if you decide not to vaccinate and go out in public, then there are consequences, and those are you must quarantine because your choice is denying medically vulnerable people, including myself, of my, our rights to be out in public. We can't go safely out in public because even though people like me are vaccinated and boosted, if you have a chronic lung condition or if you're a cancer patient or if you suffer any number of immunocompromising conditions, whether it's MS, diabetes, whatever, you're still at great risk. You may not die, but you will still incur more serious long-term illness. That didn't have to happen. And why? Because people that declare their personal choice are too childish and too selfish to realize that we're all in this together. This is a community effort. And sometimes we put up with things that are uncomfortable as basically in consideration for other people. Okay? So that's what I'm talking about here. So I'm also going to mention there is an old Supreme Court precedent. And the case, it's 1905, and the case was Jacobson v. Massachusetts. The same argument that these anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers are making were made back then. And the Supreme Court, which was actually in 1905 quite conservative, said, no, no, Mary Sue, you do not have the right to infect others. You have a choice. Either mask, and they had masks back then too, and vaccinate when it's available, and quarantine if, you're, if you've been exposed or infected, or you, we will forcibly quarantine you because you don't have the right to push this off on other people. That's it. 
what the anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers are arguing. They say it's their personal choice. You can, other people can mask if they want to. Other people can vaccinate if they want to. They're not stopping you necessarily. That is a false argument. That's basically the same argument to be made would be, hmm, these same people want to drive drunk at over 100 miles an hour through a school zone blindfolded. That's their personal choice. That's their liberty, and they don't want to be held accountable. It's the same kind of argument, period. So let's stop this nonsense, okay? All right, so let's move on. So the past two years, they've clearly demonstrated what can only be called the complete moral bankruptcy of the Republican Party, the GOP, especially when it comes to the COVID pandemic. And it started with Donald Trump, you know, based on a series of taped interviews that Donald Trump gave per, signed permission to Bob Woodward. Trump admitted early on he knew that this disease was deadly and he knew it was airborne. And he lied to the public. He withheld the information. Why? Because, one, he was afraid it would hurt his reelection chances, and, two, if at the time, it looked like the numbers in blue states, if people in blue states that were going to vote for his opponent were dying, that was fine with him, period. And Trump led this effort to say, this is nothing. You don't need to mask. You don't need to whatever. This is on Trump. He incited what can only be called a de facto medical genocide period, by pushing this foolishness. And he must be held criminally accountable, along with every other politician that pushed this nonsense. But once again, past two years, we've, we've seen the moral bankruptcy of the GOP. We've covered it on past, past shows, including how Republican instigator, the American a group called ALEC, which is the American Legislative Exchange Council, has written model bills on a number of subjects, but specifically they wrote model bills which seek to outlaw any mandated COVID mitigation measures like masking and vaccination. Now, in fairness, uh, ALEC is merely providing a, you could say, quote, a service to political honchos, you know, like a crack dealer provides a service. And what, why would the GOP do this? You know, they're, they're actually killing a lot of their own voters. Well, it's pretty simple, actually. The GOP wants to regain power no matter what. And they figure if they can have people survive at least until the next election, if they die from COVID, oh, well. The idea is to tank the economy further when either a progressive or a Democrat runs the show. Now, we haven't had really any progressives running things. It's been the corporate Dems, but you get the idea. In fact, the GOP has made their hatred of progressives so abundantly clear that they categorize us in the same grouping as Stalin, which, you know, is truly ironic considering that progressives value compassion and conservatives are the ones more closely resembling Stalin or, yes, Hitler. Remember the neo-Nazis at Charlottesville? You know, shouting with tiki torches, Jews will not replace us. I remember it. 
anyway, the GOP plan is twofold. One, they want to stall any progress on rebuilding infrastructure, providing a social safety net, and defeating COVID, all the while slandering anyone who gets in their way. Now, this report this week on PNN is about a Republican politician who is, please pardon this really bad pun, working feverishly, I know it's bad, working feverishly to kill any COVID mitigation measures, especially masking in public areas like stores, workplaces of all types, and yes, even our children's schools. This is a new low for the GOP, but you know what? Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt has certainly met that dubious goal of going to that low, low standard. Now, like Florida, excuse me, sorry, like Florida, the GOP here in Missouri has been hostile to any scientifically proven mitigation strategies. The Republican governor, Mike Parson, refused to enact a mask mandate, even at the height of the pandemic's early days. Parson, by the way, is an adamant Trumper, and so is the Missouri Attorney General, Eric Schmidt. Trump's paw prints, I won't call him fingerprints because he's just a dumb animal. Trump's paw prints are all over this. Take another drink of water. By the way, I'm not taking questions this week, so if any, I'm going to use a bad word, if any jackass decides they're going to call in and try and uh, monopolize the time that we paid for, good luck with that. It's not going to happen. So let's move on. We've got a series of documents that are going to talk about what the Missouri Attorney General in particular has been pulling. Now, the first document comes from the Missouri Independent, and it's a local paper. They do excellent work. Uh, the Missouri Independent reported how Governor Parson called for an analysis of the Delta variant wave. And, it, and he, so Governor Parson asked the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services to conduct an analysis of the new Delta variant wave. This was a couple months ago before Omicron. And they conducted the analysis. You know, he wanted to see, you know, apparently Governor Parson wanted data that would confirm his idea that masking makes no difference, except that unfortunately the analysis confirmed the fact that, yes, Charlie Brown, masking does save lives. So Governor Parson then, because he didn't like the results of the study that he ordered done, Governor Parson refused to make the findings public. Not only that, he forbade his staff at the Department of Health and Senior Services from reporting these results to the public. Essentially, Mike Parson censored and withheld the truth from the public, which only made things worse. Because if people, if there are some people who truly believe masking doesn't make a difference, not only are they putting other people's lives in jeopardy, they're putting their own lives in jeopardy. Okay, so let's go on. So this was an article by the Missouri Independent. Uh, the headline is Missouri Health Department found mask mandates work, but didn't make findings public. And it was written by Rudy Keller, Derek Kravitz, and Smart Gupta. And it was published December 1st. So, you know, a couple weeks ago. So, 
We have Donald Kayroff, who's the director of the Department of Health and Senior Services. Um, he's the one who was charged with conduct with you know pushing the study. So this analysis was conducted at Governor Mike Parson's request, and it was requested in early November. And what they found out was yes, masking saved lives, and because it didn't fit Governor Parson's um, extreme partisan opinion, the results of the study were never made public. In fact, the results of the study were only obtained by the Missouri Independent and the what's called the Documenting COVID-19 Project after a Sunshine Law request to the department. Now, when I called Governor Parson's office this past week um, and asked about this, um, the woman who answered the phone said, that's not true. It's available on the website. Well, she was obviously lying because now it might be available on the website, but it wasn't at the time of publication. So keep in mind that during our series that I ran last year titled hashtag not dying for Wall Street, we discovered that Governor Parson redirected the first administration of COVID vaccines. So Governor Parson has had his hand in other things. He's been uh, an obstacle to fighting COVID from the very beginning. You know, before we had this, this uh, public health department um, being challenged on masking and vaccination, when the vaccines were first being administered, you know, the first vaccine came out and there was only so many vaccines allotted per, you know, state per township, and it was strictly for medical professionals, first responders, and those age, I think, 65 or over. Um, we discovered that Governor Parson here in Missouri redirected the administration of COVID vaccines. And what happened was small rural towns, including one that had a total population that just barely 600 people, they received way more vaccine than they could ever use. While population centers of St. Louis and Kansas City were virtual vaccine deserts. There, you know, people here in St. Louis were driving 300 miles one way because they heard that, oh, there was extra vaccine near the Iowa border. That's what was happening. And at that time, the person who was in charge of vaccine distribution and who was temporarily in charge of health and senior services wasn't a medical person at all. He was a political appointee whose professional background was as an accountant. And so some of this incompetence on the Parson administration's fault part, some of it can be seen as bungling with reasonably decent intentions, but you could also see it as premeditated criminal misdirection of federally funded vaccine before a presidential election. And why do I say that? Because the population centers in Missouri are St. Louis and Kansas City. Those are also the centers where communities of color live in Missouri. And they're dominant and those communities of color, especially the black community, are dominantly Democratic voters. So the question is, was was Governor Parson trying to help increase COVID death tolls in those Democratic areas? was Governor Parson trying to increase COVID death tolls in black communities, black urban communities, by criminally misdirecting 
federally funded vaccine. And he said it in the Not Dying for Wall Street series, and I'm asking that question again. So now we have this situation where Mike Parson wanted, I guess he wanted vindication. He wanted to prove, see, masking doesn't help. So he asked Department of Health and Senior Services to conduct a study in early November, and it proved the exact opposite, that masking does save lives. And because he didn't like it, he literally withheld the results of the study. And he violated the Sunshine Law because the he violated law because basically the only way the newspaper could obtain the study's results, they had to file a Sunshine Law request, even though this should have been public information. And it should have been reported by every major media station, paper, you name it. But I don't remember the CBS or the NBC or the Fox affiliate saying anything about this. It was this, this small, independent newspaper. Okay? So that's what we're dealing with. So we've got a governor who's hostile, not only to mitigation efforts, but it's purely political. And, and the thing is, none of this should have ever been political. You know, would Parson, would Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt, would Governor DeSantis, would they all have said the same thing if we were talking about, say, pharmaceutically resistant tuberculosis instead of COVID? I don't think so. I don't think so. And why Why has this been so politicized? Part of it was what I said before. They want to tank, the Republicans want to tank the economy so that they can take over. But I think part of it is to cover up for the incompetence of the Trump administration. Donald Trump and his administration could have prevented probably 70% of COVID deaths to date if early on, they had not censored their medical people, if they had told the truth about COVID and encouraged people to, yes, socially distance when asked to, mask up in public, and when the vaccine's available, yes, take the vaccine. If they had done that, regardless of political uh, opinions, instead of 800,000 American deaths, we probably would have been looking at a much smaller number maybe like 100,000. So part of this politicization, politicization of COVID is how Trump has bullied and acted like a mob, mob boss to the entire GOP and that how the GOP is still covering up for the incompetence and, yes, the crimes of the former Trump administration, and this has to stop. So let's look at the study design, the one that uh, Governor Parson tried to um, keep silent. Uh, the study compared infection and death rates in St. Louis, St. Louis County, Kansas City, and Jackson County. These are the population centers with the rest of the state, which is largely uh, rural. And the new state health director, John Kiroff, wrote in an email that the study's findings, I'm reading straight from this, showed the effectiveness of mask mandates, uh, showed the effectiveness of mask mandates, and he forwarded it to Parson's office. The results of that analysis were never included in material the department prepared for cabinet meetings, according to these internal emails. In fact, the health department, as well as Parson's office, 
refused to respond to requests for comments uh, at, when the Missouri Independent asked why the data had not been shared publicly. So I'll say it again. The Health Department and Parsons Office refused to respond to requests from the Missouri Independent asking why this data had not been shared publicly because it might have affected public perception. If they had come up with that and a Republican had told other Republicans, yeah, masking works, maybe more people would have masked up. Maybe more people would still be alive today. You know, keep in mind, it is possible to be a COVID carrier and not be sick or at least appear sick yourself. And there are people who think, well, I'll take my chances. I'll survive it. Well, you might. The problem is you may carry it to someone else who won't survive it. And you've essentially given them a death sentence because you've decided to behave in a childish and selfish manner. That's what this is about. How would you feel? Let's change it up a little bit. How would you feel if, say, you were with, you were in a new relationship and your partner failed to disclose their HIV status and they were HIV positive and you had unprotected sex and you came down with HIV because of that? And their only response to your anger would be, it's my privacy right. It's my right to decide if I want to, you know, use a condom or not. You know? I don't think you'd be so cavalier about it, a lot of these conservatives. So anyway, the analysis um, was basically kept under wraps. And the comparison between the... Um, population centers and the rest of the state showed that mass jurisdictions were, um, let's see now, it says here, the comparison showed infection rates in masked jurisdictions were higher than the rest of the state in the six weeks before the emergence of the Delta variant. So infection rates in those population centers were higher. Well, they have higher population numbers too. But then it showed the case rate fell below other regions as the surge gathered force in late May and have remained lower since that time. So basically the data showed that yes, masking works. Just did. And basically Mike Parson tried to cover it up. And only that I know of, Missouri Independent had to file, as I said before, a Sunshine Act this request to obtain the information that should have been available to the public immediately. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, now, what else happened here? Um, the health director, again, Mr. Tayroff, wrote in an email, there are a number of var variables that impact infection and death rates. This was a November 3rd email. But the effectiveness of masks is clear, he wrote. Payroff also wrote, quote, I think we can say with great confidence reviewing the public health literature and then looking at the results in your study that communities where masks were required had a lower positivity rate per 100,000 and experienced lower death rates. And Kroff is the director 
of Public Health and Senior Services in Missouri. Now, mask mandates have been a big item of contention in Missouri. Local officials, especially in the population centers, want it. Governor Parson has repeatedly um, criticized mask mandates, and this is per um, his own Twitter account, calling them wrong in a tweet, you know, and that it's, it contributes to the erosion of public trust. Well, I'd have to say to Governor Parson, no, the erosion of public trust has increased because you withheld pertinent information the public had a right to know. And when you say that masking is wrong and you know full well the data shows that masking actually saves lives, well, Governor, you eroded public trust when you chose to lie to the public, period. But now we have the Attorney General. Eric Schmidt, and he's gone a step further. He actually sued St. Louis, St. Louis County, Kansas City, and Jackson County, as well as some others, uh, to block enforcement of their mask mandates. Okay? The opening sentence to Schmidt's lawsuit against Jackson County, you know, again, according to MoGovDocs, is the following sentence. Quote, Jackson County has imposed an unlawful, arbitrary, and capricious mask mandate that is not supported by the data or the science, end quote. Well, I've looked through some of these lawsuits that Mr. Schmitz filed, and it's patently clear he either does not understand most of what he reads, especially in terms of scientific studies, because, again, he's a lawyer, not a medical person, or he's a liar. Your choice. So, um, Schmidt has also sued Columbia Public Schools, according to the Missouri Independent, for instituting mask mandates. Again, this analysis by the state really confirms, um, according to Nick Dunn, spokesman for St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones, Dunn said, quote, more than anything, it, in other words, the mask mandate, confirms for us what our public health experts have been saying, that masks are an effective tool for reducing community transmission, end quote. So our Attorney General Eric Schmidt has sued a bunch of people over mask mandates, and he sued some school districts as well. Uh, it is true that Governor Parson and the State Health Department have continued to allow local jurisdictions to decide the health measures suited to their constituencies. Um, and that was according to a statement issued by St. Louis County Executive Sam Page. Okay. Sam Page, who also said, quote, this data shows that the public health experts, the St. Louis Metropolitan Task Force, and the St. Louis County Department of Public Health make good decisions to protect our community. End quote. So this gets deeper. Because Governor Parson is vengeful, okay? He's like a spoiled child, in my opinion. When he doesn't get his way, he throws a tantrum. So he had um, he had his um, Governor Parson's liaison to the health department is a person named Alex Tuttle. And Parson had Tuttle respond to the health department. And there was, Tuttle wrote an email on November 1st to the director of public health, Kerhoff, quote, 
Can you provide examples of local mandates and how those mandates impacted spread of COVID in, that, in those areas, end quote? Okay. The department completed the analysis 48 hours later. So let me take that back here, okay? So I, I can admit when I'm wrong. So when Governor Parsons' person wanted information to verify, you know, what he thought about mask mandates, the analysis was completed 48 hours later, which shows that they can do things quickly when they want to. And, um, you know, the Director of Public Health, Mr. Karoff, masked to, spread, to basically mitigate the spread of COVID. And that was in Karoff's first news conference. Um, and this was back in September. Karoff said, quote, I rely on the experts at the CDC you know, to decide this, everything I've read, everything I've seen, masks work. Okay. And the independent and the documented COVID, the documenting COVID-19 project provided Schmidt's office, Eric Schmidt's office, with Kerouf's email comments and the charts created by the health department. So Eric Schmidt knew about this. Now, a, Attorney General Schmidt has spokesman, and this is a young man named Chris Newell, who is a very much a partisan Trump Republican. And um, the analysis won't change the, the Eric Schmidt stance against mask mandates. Um, Chris Newell wrote in an email. Furthermore, Chris Newell wrote, quote, we dispute this premise and these charts. We've been clear that Missourians should have the right to make their own decisions and that government bureaucrats shouldn't be mandating masks or vaccines. We will continue to fiercely litigate our lawsuits against mask mandates in Missouri, end quote. Again, I don't know where Mr. Newell's been basically hiding, much less Mr. Schmidt, because masking, when it's an airborne pathogen, has been the accepted medical protocol for decades, period. It's science. Now I see we have a caller from one 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 one. I'm not answering. All right. Uh, again, this is some little coward that's hiding behind a fake number. Not happening. So, you know, and again, I hope my voice holds out. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. It isn't just Missouri. It's a lot of GOP-controlled states, but Missouri's one of the worst. In fact. From the beginning of this whole thing, Missouri is one of six states that never implemented a statewide mandate. I think this caller is funny. I, I hate to distract from this, but, you know, we, we get this like every week now. And these jackasses just don't understand. I am not going to let somebody else monopolize time that we paid for. You know, they think they have a right to come, and I guess they do but they don't have a right to be basically the verbal version of a Republican freeloader. You know, this isn't Fox. If you don't like what I'm saying, bye. Get to stepping. All right, back to this. So Missouri's decision not to release the public health data, and I hate to beat a dead horse, which, again, Governor Parson requested and, and it showed this this major difference in COVID-19 infection and death in mass communities. It's notable, and it reflects 
again, this deep political polarization, this is according to one expert. Now, I, again, as I said before, I would go further and say the governor's attempt to censor this information is criminal. This new information could have convinced some to mask up and Parson put his own political ascent ahead of public safety. Now, Julia Raithman, who is an assistant professor of health law, policy and management at Boston University, also oversees the COVID-19 U.S. state policies database. And according to Julia Raithman, the following, quote, it's devastating to see what the Missouri governor did since mask policies do reduce the spread of COVID-19 and will reduce the number of people who became sick and die in Missouri. Uh, she went on to say, quote, it's devastating to see policymakers not implement policies that would reduce the number of children who are growing up without their parents. See, because Eric Schmidt went on to sue these school districts to keep them from continuing mask policy. And one of Schmidt's claims is that, as you will find out, is that according to his data, the, series, the studies he's cherry-picked, children just don't get that sick. Well, that may be in some instances, but children, according to a major South Korean study, were proven to be effective carriers of COVID-19, and specifically the ages, I think, from age 8 or 9 to about 19. And this was a major South Korean study. Uh, I think they looked at 6,000 families, and then they contact traced some 60,000 families. And this was proven. So if you don't have mask mandates in schools and, yes, the ability to quarantine children or staff members who have been exposed, then these babies, if they don't get sick, they're going to come home and give it to their parents. And my question is, is the Attorney General of Missouri uh, fine with eventually having a state or a nation full of orphans because they bring COVID to their parents and their parents die? Because that's what he's going for. Now, we're looking at the Delta variant now. <clears throat> it was detected in Missouri in May by researchers at the University of Missouri. They analyzed wastewater samples that they collect weekly, and again, according to the Missouri Independent. And since Delta's arrived in Missouri, the state health department has reported new infections for about 5.3 of all Missourians, 5.3%, that is. So, again, this is what we're dealing with here. And then, you know, Eric Schmidt's lawsuit went to um, a couple of different judges, truthfully. And we're going to get to that in a minute. Um, the Saint, in all this mess, the St. Louis County Council. So here, here in Missouri, we have St. Louis City, and they have a mayoral structure. Then we have St. Louis County, which is a separate entity, and they have a, a county council and a county executive. Now, the county council refused to vote a week ago on an extension of the mask order, and that was as reported by the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. And if you were watching it all, like on YouTube, you would have seen that a couple of months ago, there was a county council meeting. People were unmasked. They were um, attacking the St. Louis County Public Health Director, Dr. Faisal Khan. And it was a demonstration of virulent racism and ignorance. And it was led 
and instigated by one of the councilmen, a man named Tim Fitch. Now, Mr. Fitch is an avid anti-masker. He is the council member who incited the mob against Dr. Khan, who's, again, the public health director for St. Louis County. Mr. Fitch was previously uh, a police chief for the St. Louis County Police. And, um, you know, he's an avid Trumper. You know, once again, the ignorance reigns supreme. So what happened with the court case? There was a judge in Cole County, a circuit judge in Cole County, which is right. Cole County encompasses Jefferson City, which is the capital, if you will, of Missouri. And to show you how really asinine it is, Jefferson City is so small. You know, you think of a country town where they roll up the sidewalks at 4 o'clock, with the exception of maybe one restaurant. That's Jeff City. Low population numbers, and yet the action's there. So Circuit County Judge. Circuit, Cole County, Circuit County Judge Daniel Green issued an order that had overstepped the legal case. Okay, and he ruled uh, that health, quote, that health orders designed to stop the spread of COVID-19 that were issued by local health departments violated the Missouri Constitution. Now, apparently, Judge Green didn't say it violated the U.S. Constitution, just the Missouri Constitution. So, Anyway, that's what we're dealing with here, and let's go on. So we have this Attorney General, Eric Schmidt. He wants to be, he wants the Senate seat that's being vacated by Roy Blunt. And so you would think the Attorney General is supposed to work for constituents, right? But instead, Eric Schmidt is suing his own constituents. Um, You know, he's picking fights with policies that he sees as, quote, liberal. I hate to disillusion Mr. Schmidt, but viruses aren't liberal or conservative. They're viruses, and they don't care about his politicization. So, but he's borrowing a tactic that's been popular with Republican attorney generals in recent years, whether it's Ken Paxton in Texas, whatever. Um, you know, Schmidt has done, he's, he's pushed a lot of frivolous lawsuits. He sued China over COVID. He was a leader in the uh, in the lawsuit challenging the results of the 2020 presidential election. Uh, in which case, as far as I'm concerned, Mr. Schmidt should be should face questioning by uh, by the uh, congressional committee on the events leading to January 6th. But that's another thing. And now Mr. Schmidt is targeting Missouri schools in the state's democratic cities by challenging mask mandates. Okay, now keep in mind, what I'm saying about the racial politics of this is very real too, because for instance, the majority of people in St. Louis City are still black, black and other communities of color. And a lot of the children in St. Louis public schools, they come from families that don't have health care. The children might get Medicaid. They might not because, again, Missouri didn't want to fund it. And if their family, if their parents come down with COVID, they're just going to die, and these children will be left as orphans. But, again, Eric Schmidt doesn't care because think about it. For the GOP, they know that those areas, like in St. Louis City, where the Democratic Party controls, 
the black community's not going to vote for Republicans. So if these people die, they don't care. Like they kind of like it, I think. So I'm not the only one that, um, you know, thinks this. But, you know, Schmidt's suing his own constituents. All right? Um, University of Central Missouri political scientist Robin Kuhlman, and again, this is all in a story from um, in Newsweek. Sorry, let me back up a little bit. It's been a long week, folks. Kind of bear with me. My I'm sitting here with an electric space heater because my furnace died, and um, so I'm living out of one and two rooms in my house. And I'm not clicking off, so kind of bear with me. If I'm kind of rambling a little, you know it's just fatigue. So the next story is a story from Newsweek. Eric Schmidt's cynical political move, which requires he sacrifices our children. It's from Newsweek. It's written by Mary Ellen Cagnasola. It was this past September, actually. And the headline was Missouri AG eyeing U.S. Senate jobs sues constituents over mask mandates. So it's not just the local constituency, he's going after school districts as well. Um, and so political scientist Robin Kuhlman from Central Missouri, University of Central Missouri, um, was quoted as saying, quote, while it may seem as if he's attacking constituents of the liberal perspective, I think it's important to note for those who are conservative, it is in essence defending, no, no, defending rights and liberties. Okay, I disagree with Kuhlman, obviously. Um, Professor Paul Nolette of Marquette University said, quote, now Republican attorney generals are flexing their muscles during the Biden administration as well, particularly on the issue of suing municipalities and essentially their own constituents. I would classify that as still unusual, but it's more common than just in the last few years. Now, this article does bring up the fact that the Democrats did the same thing during the Trump years, and they did. They sued the Trump administration for various policies, and they used, you know, various, various state attorney generals uh, in order to do that. So you could claim this is a false equivalent. You could claim it's an equivalence, and I think that's what this Newsweek article is saying, kind of. They're kind of pandering to this idea of a false equivalence, but it is a false equivalence. When state attorney generals were going after the Trump administration, they were attacking the Trump administration um, to get them to stop putting migrant babies in cages, to get them to stop abusing migrant babies and adults. They were going after the Trump administration um, to get them to stop, you know, to to basically stop white supremacists and neo-Nazis. Um, and they were going after the Trump administration for a variety of things, including attacking environmental concerns and so on and so forth. So when Democratic attorney generals were attacking the Trump administration, it was, it was not frivolous. These were real concerns. And the whole world saw it. That's the other thing. The whole world saw the racism, the misogyny, the anti-Semitism, religious bigotry, that the what can only be called neo-Nazism of Donald Trump on display for the entire world to see. So to try and revise his public image, excuse my language, it's bullshit. All right? It just is. We know what Donald Trump is. He's a grifter and a con artist and, yes, in my opinion, a neo-Nazi. 
and he incited white supremacists and neo-Nazis, like the Proud Boys, for instance, to go and attack people. What more does it take? So, yes, these Democratic attorney generals for a variety of states, yes, they filed lawsuits in court, but it was for very real concerns. What Eric Schmidt and these other Republicans are doing, they are filing frivolous lawsuits. You only have to look at the content to see that. Not just frivolous lawsuits. They're filing lawsuits that are endangering the public. They're endangering our children, whether you're liberal or conservative, by attacking mitigation strategies in our public schools. Now, what Eric Schmidt is pulling that he looked at what Judge Daniel Green said in Cole County. And Judge Green said that these, these public health departments issued orders that were unconstitutional according to the Missouri Constitution, not the U.S. Constitution. And the reason, so far that I can tell, that Judge Green said that these these public health directives were unconstitutional according to the Missouri Constitution was because they were issued by authorities that were not publicly elected officials. Here's the thing, and this is something a few school districts woke up to. Unlike public health departments, school districts are run by school boards. School boards are publicly elected officials. I don't know why Mr. Schmidt can't comprehend that, but school boards are publicly elected officials. Therefore, Judge Green's ruling does not apply to the public schools. But unfortunately, there are public health departments and public schools, especially in poorer areas, in more rural areas, that are so terrified of Eric Schmidt's bullying because they're afraid they can't afford the legal fees. They're just backing down. That's what's happening. Okay, so this is this is just an example of what he's been doing. Um, so let me get to this. So there's another article, and I believe this is from um, let's see now. I think it's Daily Beast. Give me a second here, folks. I am tired. Yep, Daily Beast. And the headline is much more effective than Newsweek. Okay. It's written by Pilar Melendez. Daily Beast, the headline. And this was published uh, December 10th, so about a week ago. The headline is GOP Senate Hopeful Unleashes Fresh COVID hell in Missouri. I'm going to read that again. The headline is GOP Senate hopeful, and he means uh, Eric Schmidt, Missouri AG, unleashes fresh COVID hell in Missouri, and then it's on race to the bottom. And it goes on to say in a subtitle, Attorney General Eric Schmidt has declared war on health departments over pandemic safety. Residents, politicians, and experts say the timing could not be much worse, end quote. It couldn't be because now we're not only just dealing with Delta, but Omicron's here. And this goes on, and this went through Reuters as well. <clears throat> In fact, I stand corrected. This was, looks like it was 
Yeah. Okay, so Reuters must have had the picture. Okay, so they talk about some of the more rural areas which tend to be, which tend to vote conservative and Republican. But they get sick too. Pemiscot County, that's a rural municipality in the southeast corner of Missouri's boot heel, has only about 26% of the population fully vaccinated. Forget about being boosted. Okay, their hospital numbers and increase in cases are growing. In fact, a lot of these case, COVID cases <coughs> from these rural areas are winding up in St. Louis and St. Louis County hospitals and flooding our hospitals so that chronically ill patients, whether it's uh, diabetes, cancer, uh, any other, any serious conditions, they can't, they can't get healthcare right now because of all these COVID patients and these are cases that could have been prevented because all they needed to do was mask up and get vaccinated. There'd still be some breaks in cases, but not like this. But anyway, um, they go on to talk about another um, area of, of Missouri, southern border of the state, including New Madrid. They have just under 35% of their residents being vaccinated. But Here's the problem. Pemiscott and New Madrid, who again tend to be more conservative, are quote among at least half a dozen local health departments that say they have halted their COVID-19 response in the wake of a scathing December 7th letter from Attorney General Eric Schmidt demanding they pull back from pandemic safety, okay? And they're saying that basically this is the Republican Party quote doubling down on pandemic death and that's according to the Daily Beast. There's a quote here from State House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid, who's a Democrat from Springfield, quote, Attorney General Schmidt is using his office as a tool for his campaign at the expense of not only taxpayer dollars, but at the risk to the health and safety of every Missourian. Whether it's asking adult vigilantes to submit photos of school children wearing masks or threatening school boards and health departments, the Attorney General is clearly trying to score political points with the far right. Schmidt's standing in the GOP primary shouldn't be the factor that puts the health and safety of Missourians at risk, end quote. And she's right. So what was Eric Schmidt's response to Crystal Quaid's criticism? <clears throat> oh, this is a good one. The arrogance of Schmidt's office is beyond the pale. His spokesperson, I'm, I'm usually the spokesperson is Chris Newell, responded you know, to the allegation that Eric Schmidt's stance is just a tactic for a Senate campaign. Um, quote, as always, that criticism is completely unfounded and ridiculous. As the chief legal officer of the state, Attorney General Schmidt is fighting for the freedom and liberty of all 6 million Missourians, and that's something he will continue to do, end quote. I guess Eric Schmidt and his spokesman, Chris Newell, are fighting for what, the the liberty to contract COVID and die? Is that it? I wonder what Mr. Schmidt would say. What about the fact that his anti-mask, anti-vax stance is violating the rights of other people to be in the public sphere? And it's a greater violation. Because while wearing a mask may be inconvenient to some of these people, um, 
it's even more inconvenient that people that are that have chronic health conditions can't be in public at all because of this risk. But apparently Eric Schmidt and his spokesperson only care about the rights of people that are going to help him pursue his greater political ambitions. Okay. Now the Attorney General's Office according to this article also suggested that they're only targeting quarantine orders and similar public health department office orders as opposed to all pandemic safety measures. And that is as documented by KansasCity.com news. Um, but that's not really what happened. Um, the Schmidt's letter was, that he sent on December 7th was based on a November 22nd decision, again, by Cole County Circuit Judge Daniel Green. And it concluded that the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services, quote, did not have the authority to, quote, permit naked lawmaking by bureaucrats who wanted to address the pandemic, end quote. So the judge struck down several regulations, and it's a very vague order, and these are regulations that give agencies power to issue public health orders, quarantines, and so on. And then there are some departments that are really confused by what Judge Green said, because what Judge Green wrote is so vague and so general, and it really appears that Judge Green overstepped his authority as well, um, that Rather than looking at this specific issue, Judge Green said, no, it's all unconstitutional according to Missouri Constitution. Is this specific then only to COVID or to any communicable disease? And a lot of these health departments throughout the state are convinced, as well as by their lawyers, that Judge Green's decision, his ruling, basically has struck down the, any sort of mitigation strategy for all communicable transmitted diseases, not just COVID. So, you know, how, how's that chance that you might be infected, you know, by vaccine or a pharmaceutical tuberculosis treating you? Seriously. So there's six county health departments that have stopped all COVID-19 mitigation activities because of Eric Schmidt's threat. And those are the counties of Stoddard, Pemiscott, New, New Madrid, Scott, Dunklin, Laclede, and McDonald. And they brought forth almost identical statements, which basically indicated they were, quote, forced to cease all COVID-19 related work. This was after they received that December 7th letter from Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt. Now that work, these, these rural health departments said, quote, included COVID-19 case investigation, contact tracing, quarantine orders, and all public announcements about cases and deaths. Think about that, especially contact tracing. If you don't do contact tracing and to make public announcements, things will get even further out of control. But this is what Judge Green and Eric Schmidt have foisted on the state. And the statement by these rural health departments continued to say, quote, while this is a huge concern for our agency, we have no other options but to follow the orders of the Missouri Attorney General at this time. We are wait, awaiting additional, excuse me, quote, we are awaiting additional direction from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services, but have no timeline or expectations that this ruling will be changed. 
um, spokespeople for other health departments in Missouri that were canvassed by the Daily Beast also all said there's a lot of confusion over the order. They, again, were waiting for guidance from the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services, which in Missouri is really the Department of Public Health. Okay, it's the same thing. Um, again, Democrat Crystal Quaid, who actually um, criticized Eric Schmidt and called him out, also argued that, quote, while the order applies to mandates made by non-elected bodies, like health departments or directors, it doesn't touch mandates put into place by elected school boards. That's true. But, you know, Eric Schmidt only appears to like the laws that he can dictate. So the public health department in Jeff City, they refused to, they, they just refused to answer Daily Beast requests for any sort of comment on this story. Now there's some other experts here. Dr. Amish Adelja, who is a senior scholar at the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security and a specialist in infectious diseases, described the situation in Missouri and said that it, quote, underscores the need for state legislatures to codify in law public health powers so that during emergency situations, health departments can perform their core functions with established legal authority, end quote. I would think that a physician with the John Hopkins Center in infectious diseases probably knows a bit more about what they're talking about than an attorney like Eric Schmidt. Uh, there was another expert, Georgetown University global health expert Lawrence Gostin, agreed with what the Johns Hopkins doctor had to say and argued that Schmidt's letter was the um, product of, quote, a political axe to grind. Gostin went on to say, quote, public health officials have always had the power to test, contact trace, and ensure the safety of the public amid an emergency. These powers have existed a century before COVID came, and they will continue to exist, end quote. And that ties in with a case that I was talking about earlier, an old Supreme Court case dating back to 1905, it's known as Jacobson v. Massachusetts, and it says the same thing. So the fact is, Eric Schmidt isn't just wrong on the law. He's wrong on all of it. He has no standing, and the Cole County judge is also wrong. Okay, let's move on. And, you know, Schmidt has attacked them. Um, again, this is all the same thing. Um, he's attacked our schools because once again, he, this is, you see this going on throughout the country where parents are standing at the school board meetings and equating asking children to mask up in school as well as teachers, they're equating it with child abuse. Some of them have the gall to equate it to a Nazi regime, which is ludicrous. Once again, I don't care what you think your liberty is. No one has the right to infect others with a potentially deadly disease that is airborne. Again, unlike bloodborne diseases like HIV, you can choose whether or not you're going to have unprotected sex with somebody. But once it's airborne, we don't have the liberty to choose whether or not we will breathe. 
it's sort of mandatory for life. Okay, so let's move on. So local school districts throughout the state, especially in St. Louis and Kansas City, are fighting Judge Green's ruling. And they're saying that it doesn't apply to their mask orders, and it doesn't. All right? Um, and again, it all falls on the same thing. The Cole County Circuit Judge Daniel Green ruled, quote, last month that only elected officials have the authority to enact health orders like those requiring masking or other COVID-19 mitigation strategies. Green wrote, quote, Missouri statutes give elected legislative bodies, not individual health agency directors, authority to create countywide laws related to communicable disease, end quote. Okay, let's take that thought. School districts are run by publicly elected school boards. Judge Green's order does not apply to school districts, and Eric Schmidt knows that. But he's trying to, Eric Schmidt's trying to incite um, conservative parents into this violent argument. Okay. Now, the uh, urban school district of St. Louis Public Schools in the city, their superintendent, Kelvin Adams, sent a letter to parents this past Thursday. And the letter, among other things, says the following, quote, while our attorneys are still looking over both the letter and the case law, their initial interpretation is that the St. Louis Public Schools does, in fact, have the authority to require a mask, and we'll, we will continue to do so because we know that every layer of prevention works in keeping our students and staff safe, end quote. Okay. Then there was another um, man named Paul Ziegler, who's the CEO of Ed Plus, and that's a cooperative of public and charter school systems. And Mr. Ziegler said also, quote, school boards, have the school boards still have the authority under Missouri statute to handle communicable diseases, but also make rules and regulations for safe and orderly operation of schools, end quote. So what did, what did, the attorney, what did attorney General, let me start again, what did Schmidt's spokesperson, Chris Newell, have to say? Chris Newell said the following, quote, the legislature has not delegated authority to school districts or school boards to issue public health orders, and the recent Cole County ruling further supports that, end quote. Okay. Again, Mr. Newell fails to comprehend the simple fact that school boards are separate entities. They don't have to get a permission slip from the state legislature for every little item, including breathing. Okay? And since they're governed by publicly elected school boards, it, it's none of Eric Schmidt's damn business, period. But then, you know, Newell himself is a GOP operative. So... This is what we're dealing with. You know, the GOP isn't happy enough to put public places and put all of us in danger. Now they're attacking our children. So moving ahead here, there's another part of this, this whole thing that people have have not realized. And again, I apologize if I'm rambling today, like I said. I'm sitting in a cold house. I have two rooms in here that I can keep relatively warm until I can get a new furnace in. So I'm tired. I'm doing the best I can. Bear with me. 
So this is a piece um, published by St. Louis Public Radio, written by Steve Volkrat. The headline is, as Missouri's Attorney General fights mask mandates, taxpayers put the bill to defend them. So not only do the people of Missouri pay for Attorney General Eric Schmidt's callous indifference and ambition in human terms, especially Schmidt puts our children at risk, but we pay as taxpayers because as Schmidt chases litigious windmills, he's helping to provide what can only be called an extra employment plan for top area law firms. And the taxpayers, the one, the one Schmidt's attacking, we're footing the bill for that on top of it all. And Eric Schmidt's not facing any accountability. So Eric Schmidt, he sues cities, counties, and school districts over these mask mandates and other mitigation strategies. And you think, okay, why are Republicans doing this? Again, it goes back to Alec, American Legislative Exchange Council. So if you look at the media and start reading, you'll notice that the anti-mask laws, the anti-vaccination laws, um, as well as anti-CRT and so on and so forth, you'll notice that whether it's Texas or Florida or Missouri or Arkansas or whatever, these laws look almost identical. And what are the chances that these different legislative bodies come up with almost identical wording? Well, pretty good, actually, because the American Legislative Exchange Council has basically uh, infiltrated Republican politics at every state legislature in the United States. And they write model bills. They're a bill mill. And these model bills, they're pushed by Alec at their conventions, okay? Um, and it's so easy because these legislators, they don't even have to write anything. They, some of them are so lazy, they just, they, they, they just use the template and fill in their name without actually taking the template and putting it on their own, you know, on their own letterhead. And Alec has been pushing this, and Alec is bankrolled by, guess what, Charles Koch, you know, Koch Industries. It's also bankrolled in part by the Mercer family and other ultra-conservatives that want to roll back the clock to, you know, the early 1900s, I suppose, where workers had no rights. And this is where all this is coming from. Make no mistake about it. And what does it have to do with Mike Parson and Eric Schmidt? Well, a lot. See, Mike Parson, before he became governor, was a major uh, recipient of Alec Largesse. In fact, Governor Parson gave a talk at the last conference and was a featured speaker. Um, Eric Schmidt, when he was a state senator, was very much involved in Alec. So this is Alec's paw prints all over it, and we need to hold people accountable. We just do. And, and here's the irony. The, um, the top heads of ALEC um, from its very beginning are two senior partners from the law firm, and they're in D.C., though, from the law firm of Shook, Hardy, and Bacon. And ironically, the Jackson County Health Department um, University Health, which runs the Jackson County Health Department, 
hired Shokardi and Bacon to defend themselves in a lawsuit filed by Eric Schmidt, who's using Alex's ideas. You can't make this stuff up. And what they bill, it's unreal. So, for instance, um, St. Louis County hired the massive law firm of Lewis Rice to defend against Schmidt's lawsuit. And in three months' time, the law firm billed the county almost $170,000. From June through August, the law, quote, the law firm billed the county $169,914. University Health, which runs the Jackson County Health Department, they hired Shakardi and Bacon to defend against Schmidt's lawsuit. And that firm billed the health department $17,774 in August. Columbia Public Schools, which is also being sued by Eric Schmidt, received an invoice of almost $12,000 from the Mix02 law firm for one week of legal service. $12,000 for one week of legal services. What? Is the stuff that comes out of these attorneys' mouths pure gold? What? Now, each one of these groups is being sued by Eric Schmidt trying to defend the public is going to incur more costs. All right? And this is something where, again, Eric Schmidt's not being held accountable at all. Okay? This is what we're dealing with here. Now, it gets deeper. This is according to a paper called State News. This article was filed December 2nd, about 17 days ago. Okay. The headline is, Missouri Health Director wanted to appeal judges' COVID ruling. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt refused. It's written by Tessa Weinberg. Oh, I'm sorry, this is from Missouri Independent. My bad. So let's get this straight here. The health director for Ms. Pub the public health director of Missouri. Let me start again. The public health director for Missouri, who is part of Mike Parsons' administration, risked his job, okay, because, you know, he's going against the governor, and he wanted to appeal Judge Green's COVID ruling. And the Attorney General of Missouri, who's supposed to work for us, refused to do his duty. Okay? You know, Schmidt will not, quote, appeal a consequential court ruling that strips powers from local health departments, despite a request from Missouri's state health director to do so, end quote. Okay? Chris Newell, once again, uh, Schmidt's spokesperson, um, Responded, quote, we have informed DHSS, that's Department of Health and Senior Services, which in Missouri is the same thing as Public Health Department. We have informed DHSS that we will not appeal or take any further action in this case and that they should begin enforcement efforts immediately, end quote. Now, this came from the Public Health Director, Donald Carroll. All right, so, you know, once again, this is kind of crazy. Who is Schmidt working for? Um, 
So, and again, this is Judge Green's order that, you know, health orders intended to, to mitigate or stop the spread of COVID um, violated the Missouri Constitution. And so Judge Green declared those rules, quote, null and void. So a week after that ruling was issued, the public health director, Mr. Karoff, um, you know, asked the attorney general to file an appeal and Schmidt's office refused. Okay. Mr. Karoff indicated Schmidt's office, um, okay, so apparently Schmidt's office waited a week. They still hadn't told them anything, and then they issued the statement saying they're not going to appeal. Um, and this is really quite unusual. So a former Missouri Supreme Court judge, Michael Wolf, was explained that Schmidt has an obvious conflict of interest in this case, okay, and that he probably shouldn't have been the attorney to defend, you know, public health department in the first place. To quote Judge Wolf, quote, lawsuits are legitimate because they have adversaries. It appears that there's no adversary here because the attorney general agrees with the decision. Okay. Chuck Hatfield, who was an attorney that served in another AG's office under Democrat Jane Nixon, said it would be really extremely unusual, quote, for the attorney general's office to go against the wishes of a client, in this case, the public health department, the state agency it represented in the lawsuit. Let's get this straight here. The Attorney General of Missouri was supposed to be representing Department of Health and Senior Service, in other words, the public health department in Missouri in the suit. And instead, the Attorney General's office is going against the wishes of, the, of, the, of his constituents, which is that state agency. Hatfield was quoted as saying, quote, the idea that the Attorney General can just go in personally and because of his own personal feelings, stop appeals and dictate policy. If you allow that to happen, you basically have an Attorney General running the entire state. And that's never how it's worked before, and it's not how it should work. Now, if I, I don't like Mike Parson, but if I were Governor Parson, I would start worrying about Eric Schmidt. Because what Mr. Hatfield said is right on the money. <clears throat> the idea, excuse me, that the Attorney General, quote, can just go in personally and stop appeals and dictate policy. That's the Attorney General running the entire state. That's the Attorney General not only running the state, but not only disregarding the governor, disregarding the constituents, but also disregarding the Missouri legislature that he purports to respect. Looks like malfeasance, criminal malfeasance on Schmidt's part to me. Attorney generals are supposed to represent the law. They do not have the right, based on personal feelings, to refuse to make an appeal for their constituents. They don't have a right to stop appeals. They don't have a right to dictate policy. Mr. Schmidt's doing exactly the very thing that he and Judge Cole accused the public health departments of doing. And Schmidt's done this before. Okay? So, but let's move on, okay? 
Mr. Newell, who again is Schmidt's spokesman, uh, was quoted saying that by law, this is according to revisor.mo.gov, that, quote, decisions about litigation strategy are exclusively within the Attorney General's office authority, and DHSS cannot proceed without an appeal without, I'm sorry, let me start again. Newell said that by law, decisions about litigation strategy are exclusively within the Attorney General's office authority, and DHSS, in other words, Public Health Department, cannot proceed with an appeal without our approval, end quote. Okay, I would ask Mr. Newell, are you an attorney? No, he's not. I saw his, his resume. It's public information. Now, Hatfield, who worked in the same office as Schmidt, but for a Democratic um, AG, said that in this instance, a third party could attempt to intervene in the lawsuit and file an appeal. So fine, let's do it. So, again, there's more. Um, there, were, there was a meeting of local health administrators on November 23rd in a call. And um, they were concerned, asking if the ruling given by Judge Green applied, if it applied to the local authorities' response to COVID-19, or does it apply to all communicable diseases? Okay. And the response was that, hmm, quote, based on the ruling that Judge Green has issued, is that limited? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, the same question. And it's an important question. Because what's next? They will refuse to vaccinate for measles. They will refuse to vaccinate for tuberculosis. Keep in mind, there is now a vaccine and pharmaceutical-resistant form of TB, and it's just as deadly, if not more deadly than COVID. But Judge Green's ruling opens the door to crippling all public health mitigation strategies. And it was essentially a very vague and a very stupid ruling So even the public health director, Mr. Karoff, issued a letter on November 30th, and he said that DHSS, in other words, the Department of, um, of Health and Senior Services of Public Health, they're reviewing <clears throat> excuse me, the impact that the ruling has, quote, on future public health activities as well as its relationship with other you know, licensed public health authorities. There was another, on that same call, there was another, um, this was a call on November 23rd, uh, an administrator for Shiler County Health Department in Northeast Missouri, um, woman in Catherine Magers, also expressed concern about Judge Green's ruling. Um, she didn't understand what part of the state statutes were unconstitutional and what the ruling meant for how they'll be able to combat and prevent other communicable diseases in the future. Because Judge Green's ruling, again, overly vague in general. You can't issue a blanket ruling like that. And Magers went on to say, quote, it just seems like this has set us back 50 years. Once they do it for one thing, it will be something else next time and something else next time. And that's exactly right. 
basically Judge Green, with one sweep of his pen, one sweep of his arrogant pen, has totally decimated public health authority. Okay. So, again, this article goes into Judge Green's ruling again. Green wrote that, quote, the regulations he deemed unconstitutional, quote, create a system of health, statewide health governance that enables unelected officials to become accountable to no one, <clears throat> um, end quote. And then he went on to say, quote, a health agency director with the authority to shut down a school or assembly wields incredible power to coerce the subjects into submission, end quote. Again, it's a stupid ruling. It's stupid because it's overly vague and overly general. And this, like I said, it, with one sweep of Judge Daniel Green's pen, which again was instigated by Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt bringing this case, um, they have destroyed public health, destroyed public health authorities, period. And both, not only Eric Schmidt, but Judge Green should be held accountable. He clearly overstepped the authority of his office. But once again, this is what we're stuck with. So in conclusion, again, I know this was kind of all over the place. Judge Daniel Green, who is a Republican Trump operative, issued a ruling that was vague and overly expansive on public health orders and procedures. In fact, his ruling was so vague that, again, the concern is it could apply to any and all contagious diseases not just COVID. I'd like to ask Judge Green and Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt and the governor, how's that pharmaceutical resistant strain of tuberculosis or Ebola treating you? So it's sarcasm, sarcasm, but it's, it's accurate. This ruling will recklessly endanger the public to all sorts of contagion, and all because of a partisan judge who clearly hasn't the intellect or the morality to comprehend the nature of communicable disease, as well as an overly ambitious attorney general who would both sacrifice our children and their families on this asinine libertarian altar of freedom to be morally bankrupt and irreparably stupid. So here are the main points. One, Judge Green's ruling applies specifically to non-elected governmental bodies. Since school districts are run by publicly elected school boards, Attorney General Schmidt has no standing, no legitimate grounds to demand public schools abandon mitigation efforts. That's one. Two, <laughs> excuse me, as an attorney, Schmidt knows this, but he will continue to persevere to increase his chances of being the GOP candidate <clears throat> for the U.S. Senate seat being vacated by Roy Blunt because he's pandering to the rabid Trump bigots who not only celebrate their stupidity, they want to import it, they want to export their stupidity everywhere. Three, Missouri AG Eric Schmidt is running up a big bill for school districts as they desperately attempt to protect our most precious resource, our children and their families. Districts have hired big law firms to defend against Schmidt's frivolous lawsuit. There should be consequences for Schmidt. And four, Eric Schmidt is also violating two federal laws, namely the IDEA Act and the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, 
by demanding that public school districts abandon mandatory mitigation efforts. Reducing mitigation efforts or ending mitigation efforts to a voluntary decision made by parents will most certainly increase contagion. And students with diagnosed disabilities under the IDEA Act will not be able to fully access the general education setting for their own safety. Many students with disabilities also have secondary medical problems. Some have cancer, brittle bone disease, diabetes, and other conditions which weaken the immune system. Their rights, their rights are being violated by Eric Schmidt, who ironically has a child himself on the autism spectrum and who is also more medically fragile. And that was public information disclosed on Schmidt's own website. Number five, the Americans with Disabilities Act and IDEA are federal laws. They supersede any brain-dead demands by the state GOP and by that Cole County judge who, I'm just going to say, has shit for brains. Six, Judge Green also failed to consider the rights of ADA, Americans with Disability Protected Adults, as their access to the public sphere will also be greatly reduced without mandatory mitigation efforts in public. That's right. Your right to not mask or decide whether you will or not is denying a disabled person their right to be in public. Lawsuits against Judge Green and Eric Schmidt and, yes, Governor Parson must be filed. And number seven, this is the point I am most proud of. Back in September, I am, this happened back, I am proud of the fact that as a former special educator, I did my duty. And I personally filed an OCR complaint as Office of Civil Rights, specifically against Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt for the above listed reasons. Now this OCR complaint, that's again, Office of Civil Rights, this OCR complaint should have been filed by the Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, known as the DESI, because this shouldn't be a partisan issue. But the Missouri DESI Commissioner has not seen fit to pursue her responsibility to students with disabilities. And I heard back. Um, they are continuing the investigation. They needed me to sign off on it now. And I pray that this goes through. I know that there are five states uh, throughout the United States that, according to the Department of, U.S. Department of Education, have pursued OCR complaints for the same reason that attacking mandatory mitigation efforts during a pandemic denies children with disabilities equal access to the general education uh, setting. And it's a violation of their federal civil rights. I'm hoping that Missouri will become the sixth state that the U.S. Department of Education will also add to the, be the sixth state that pursues an OCR complaint against, yes, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt. No one is above the law. No one. And the children that I used to teach in the city of St. Louis came from families that were very low income. A lot of them didn't have health care. So the health care that, say, someone from Ladue in a wealthy, affluent suburb receives won't be what these babies receive. The fact that the majority of my students in St. Louis City were also children of color does not escape my attention either. 
They should be able to go to school safely, and disabled and children with disabilities should be able to fully access the general education setting, the same as their non-disabled peers, and, and that means, yes, we must have mandatory pandemic mitigation strategies. No one should have to risk their life to go to school. No one. So I'm proud of that OCR complaint. I'll keep you posted. If it doesn't go through this time, I will file another one. And I will keep filing. Because what the Missouri Attorney General is doing, yes, is filing the rights of disabled children. This is a very legitimate OCR complaint. OCR stands for Office of Civil Rights. And it's with the U.S. Department of Education. So it's a federal complaint. Okay. So now we have our Jackass of the Week segment. And, you know, there were so many Republicans to choose from that it was hard. But you know what? I went back to the original source. You know, just like Buffy the Vampire Slayer slayed the source of all evil, the source of this evil is Donald Trump, the monster behind the original COVID lies. Because his ego is so demented and so weak, he couldn't have anybody criticizing him. He couldn't have his administration look like they were failing, even though they were failing. And so he withheld the information about COVID being airborne. As people went about their business, he encouraged them to not mask, even though he knew COVID was airborne. There's been studies, including one by NYU, New York University, that showed 70% of all COVID deaths could have been prevented if Donald Trump had told the truth about COVID from the very start. That makes him worse than the jackass of the week. He is truly evil. Okay, Donald Trump is a sociopath, and he has infected the GOP with that type of sociopathy. But you know what? You couldn't get that far unless that callous indifference, that bigotry wasn't there to start with. You know, I, I would say that the entire GOP of Trump should hang their heads in shame, but we both know that's an exercise in futility. They don't have any shame. That's the sad part of it. And those that might might have normally been more decent, they're too cowardly to stand up to the Trump sociopathic machine. That's it. And it's more fun to say jackass of the week, but he's far worse than that. So I will say that Donald Trump is a monster. The sinister source of evil during this COVID pandemic. Then I have to revise then. So I guess the jackass of the week then would be Eric Schmidt's spokesperson, Chris Newell. You know, he was listed as the top 40 under 40. He's 24 years old and, um, you know, was a young Republican, all that stuff. And, you know, there has to be something wrong with a young person who's so ultra-conservative at such an early age. There just does. You know, when you ask a conservative, what is it you're trying to conserve? Because the name, you know, the word conserve or conservation is in the word conservative. They can't tell you. 
because conservatives aren't about conserving anything. Well, they're, they're about preserving an unfair status quo, but conservatives basically, in my opinion, are people that desperately fear change, and they are people that the only thing they want to conserve is the old system of white supremacy and neo-Nazism, and that's it. So yeah, I will say Chris Newell, Eric Schmidt, Eric Schmidt's um, spokesperson is our jackass of the week because the things that he repeated not only weren't stu- not not only weren't true about the actual litigation and they weren't true about what the law says, but they were just plain stupid. So anyway, I'm sorry if I was rambling a bit bit tonight. It's been uncomfortable. I am hoping that I can get my furnace replaced in the next week or two, waiting on some annuity money to come through. I have the money. I just can't access it right now. Uh, There's all this jumping through hoops you have to do. And then, you know, making sure they have the parts. So it was a little uncomfortable living out of, you know, my family room, this one little office room that's like the size of a postage stamp. So I apologize if I wasn't as clear as I wanted to be, but I tried my best. And, you know, with that I say, good night and God bless us.